Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and it's a pleasure, as always, to have you here listening. I'm coming at you all with another solo episode, this time with a bit more direction and focus than a more recent ramble life update style episodes. So today's was actually inspired by a recent conversation, thoughts, realizations, etc. that I've had in the past few days, weeks, even like the last few months. I just didn't realize what I was doing until truly the other day I went to write a caption about this actually. And it's the idea of how to be bold and how to own the space that you deserve to take up in this world and how to just truly be yourself and just, I don't know, truly like thrive and shine as you in a world that tries to silence us and make us want to shrink ourselves and be small and feel as though we're not valued and not important. And I just, I don't know, it just hit me all of a sudden tonight on my walk with Timber. Oh my gosh, that's what this episode should be about. And so I spent the entire walk, gorgeous weather by the way, a little little hot and humid, but nothing we can't handle, just kept walking and walking, thinking through all these points and just like going off to myself in my own mind, thinking I wish I was recording this all right now, but hopefully I can remember most of it. I took notes on my phone and I'm just going to freestyle it here because I think with topics like these, it's just they're best discussed on that like, I don't know, I don't want this to be scripted. You know, this is like a conversation where I'd call up a friend or see a friend and be like, hey, listen to this. Let's discuss. And then we'd go off, you know? And that's how I want this to feel. Except, you know, we can't really exchange words right now. So I'm just going off at my microphone, hoping you all resonate. And then we can always connect on Instagram or in real life, whatnot. Uh, you know, if, if you're really called to it. So... Um, But yeah, with that said, let's dive in. So one thing that I want to bring up as sort of like setting the scene for this is that about a week or so ago, I was in California on a trip with my best friend, the love of my life, Chris, Christopher. (laughs) If you follow me on Instagram, you see me talk about him and share about him all the all the damn time. But anywho, we were in California together. I sort of invaded a trip of his, but that's a story for another time. And I was there with him and we were talking in the car about, we were on this like car ride trying to find this hiking trail. And we were talking about what I thought about and like my impression and whatnot of specific family members of his as well as himself. And it, you know, it's always fun to do, you know, like, oh, when I first met you, I thought you were blah, blah, blah. And I've always told him that when I first met him, I was a little bit like, I don't know, I, I was just very like almost self-conscious because I was intimidated that was the word I was intimidated by him but I then realized with time I wasn't necessarily intimidated by him but it's more so just this this different sense of energy that you don't always see in a lot of people and it's something that I myself don't have and what was funny and you know full circle was on this trip with him now that we've been friends for nearly two years or so I was describing how I felt the same energy with his one sister and with his grandma and with him and I was trying to explain it and I was like it's not an energy of arrogance or cockiness or even like a lot of confidence it's just this this energy of almost just like owning your space and those were the exact words I I used and it's this feeling I got from him and these other people in his family in which 
I felt slightly intimidated by it because it's something I'm not used to feeling myself and it's something I want to feel myself but I, I don't know how all the time. It doesn't come naturally to me. And, you know, I'm sure, as with everybody, these people don't feel that way all the time, but it's just the impression I got from them, right? And so it was just an interesting conversation to have. And it got me thinking about that phrase, you know, like owning your space. And I've heard it before. It's been on Instagram. You know, it's not like this genius revelation I've had, but for some reason it just really stuck with me from that conversation. And I thought like, damn, I want that. Like, I want to feel like I own the space I'm in. Like, I, not in a cocky and arrogant way, once again, but like that feeling of, I deserve to be here. I deserve to take up space. My words deserve to be said and heard. My thoughts deserve to be shared. <laughs> like, I, I just deserve to be a human being in this world, as we all do. And that could look differently for all of us. But regardless, it's just something, like I said, that doesn't come naturally to me, or so I thought. And it's something that I certainly haven't felt very often for a long, long time. And so it's become my thought these past few days or so since that conversation about how do I own my space and how can I learn to own my space more often? Because I know for me personally, when I, when I do own my space, when I do feel in those times where I just... I always say, you know, oh, it's when I feel confident, but I don't know. Yeah, sure. Sometimes it's a confidence of, of really like an outfit I really like or having a really good hair day or whatever it is, right? But I, I'm more so starting to reflect on these times in which I feel 100% like me, like my most radiant, shining self. And it doesn't mean I necessarily feel beautiful that day or it's because, not because I accomplished something great or anything like that. It could just be a random Tuesday in the middle of the week in which I'm working at the restaurant, but I have this feeling because just something has clicked that day. And I feel like I am owning my space. I feel like I am being me, right? Maybe I feel bold. Maybe I, I feel like I'm able to share whatever's on my mind. Maybe I'm not biting my tongue and holding in words. Maybe I'm just showing up 100% like me. And so I just feel that sense of, damn right I deserve to be here right like I'm owning my space and so that's where this conversation is about today because I just think so many of us have been programmed and conditioned since we were children really to make ourselves small to want to you know shrink essentially with holding in our words and holding in our thoughts and being that flower on the wall and this isn't true for everyone, right? Like, I'm sure some of you listening right now are like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> or that's never been me. And if that's the case, great. Like, I, I love that for you. And I love those type of people. I'm sure there are also some lessons and things you could have to learn or reflect about since you are on that spectrum, right? But this episode is for those of us that have felt this way in one way or another. Whether Maybe you feel this all the time like me. Or maybe you feel this only in your workplace or only in your relationship or only when you're alone with yourself or with your family. Like, I don't know, whatever it is, I'm just going to spew words into this mic and hope that they resonate in some way or another with some of you. And at the end of the day, if that happens, my job is done. That's that. So diving into things a little bit, as I said, I really do think it's programming conditioning that is just been put on us from a societal standpoint 
from childhood, essentially, right? So I thought of the example about how inside-outside voices. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand where this comes from. I am 100% aware of the importance for children, especially, to be mindful of their presence when it comes to the quote-unquote inside-outside setting, right? I work in the... I have so many kids in my family. I work in a restaurant. Like, I, by all means, know how important it is to build mindfulness and awareness in your children so that they know, you know, just the the way to be aware of themselves, behave in certain situations. Now, where I think this is an interesting aspect, right, is that sometimes that idea of the inside-outside voice, at least in my perspective, when it was used at my daycare and such, was it, it felt like a way of silencing me, right? Because it wasn't like inside voice, lower your voice. It was more like inside voice, it's nap time, like shut the fuck up. You know, they weren't saying that, but it was, it was like nobody talks. If you talk, you know, like you're, you're going to be put over there, wherever it was. And so it was just examples like that or just even the idea of, right, we're taught to not really like question or argue with elders because they know what's best. And if they say so, it's the say so. Once again, I completely understand that if you tell your child to not do this and they continue to do this and they start to like argue their points, like, of course, it's, it's going to be a power struggle. And you're going to say at the end of the day, like, no, it's my house, my rules. Or no, like, this is right, this is wrong, whatever it is. But it's still at the end of the day, a way of silencing growing humans in expressing themselves and expressing their voice and their thoughts. And I think it, it more so goes into a societal and generational thing in which parents and children aren't really, they don't really know how or they aren't really taught how to have conversations or peaceful disagreements. And instead, when a child tries to argue or raise a point or whatever it be with their parents or an elder, anyone in the family or anyone older, even someone at school, it automatically becomes a power struggle in which that elder figure feels as though they have to not like sometimes put that kid, put that teen, put that younger person in their place, but more so like they just have to like, I don't know, shut it down. And I'm just thinking of experiences in my own life with parents, with other elders in my family, with teachers, other people at my school, coaches, whatever it was, in which I either had this experience or I watched others have this experience. And I just, I know there's a lot of, you know, generational growth happening. And hopefully by the time we're all having kids, these things are changing and we are understanding and learning how to properly communicate with others so that we're not silencing them, but encouraging, you know, encouraging conversation and encouraging disagreement because disagreement is just another way of looking at another person's perspective or another person's side it open it can open a door to further understanding and further connection and just like further conversation to happen i mean i i love when somebody brings up a point that i hadn't seen and it doesn't become an argument really but it just becomes a conversation and maybe we both disagree on it even straight through to the end but regardless it was opening my mind to something different whether or not I agree that's besides the point it's just being open to hearing what another has to say the same way that you then want to be heard and I just think that's like such a big part of it right because 
so often I think of how now part of this being bold and owning your space aspect is being and feeling like you are 100% you. And how are we supposed to feel that way? How are we supposed to do that if we are biting our tongues and not speaking our honest thoughts and opinions and holding in words out of fear of upsetting someone or causing a disagreement or causing an argument, right? Like I, oh, I just feel this so deeply. I mean, I want to, like for a few examples, I work with an all men team at two hands, at least when it comes to the management and operation side of things. And I just, now I feel much more confident in my place and I will a hundred percent, I will a hundred percent always you know, now speak my mind or raise a question or be like, why would we do it this way? And even if they, you know, put, not put me in my place, but if they say like, this is why, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like at least I said it right. But in the beginning, there'd be so many times in which one of them would say something and I would literally be almost biting my tongue just to hold in my thoughts. But so, so many meetings, so many times, so many conversations in which I would just nod my head yes and go along because I didn't want to upset them or cause an argument or appear dumb or appear like I didn't know what I was talking about because I'm just a a little girl and they know what they're doing all the time. Fuck that. No, they don't. And I'm not trying to go against men here. I've been in situations with women like this as well. But it's just that matter of, I don't know, when people are older than me, I just still feel such a sense of like, I don't know, not wanting to question them. If they say it's law, it's law. And I'm I'm growing out of that more and more. And I'm really getting into this almost fuck it mindset of like, I don't care if that's what you say or that's your rule or that's your law. If I don't agree with it, like I'm going to voice my opinion and I'm going to voice my thoughts. At the end of the day, maybe it doesn't change anything, but at least I know I spoke my truth. Now, this is easier said than done. There are many times where I still bite my tongue. I still hold my words, but I'm just saying in general, I want all of this to get you thinking about any instance in your life in which you feel like you are holding back. And this was an example with words and speech, right? But it could also go into your thoughts. And I think this can relate in so many ways to our relationships with with work, with others in a romantic and in a friendship way. Uh, it can be with ourselves, how we show up on online, how we show up with family, just in the world in general. And so I just really hope that, you know, kind of gets you thinking about it at some point. And then continuing with that idea of owning your space and being bold, moving from the word thought aspect into a more like almost physical embodied approach. I think about from my own personal experience with diet culture and an eating disorder And while those things were rooted in, you know, fear of becoming, you know, overweight, fear of getting sick, fear of dying because, you know, of losing my mom so young, things like that, at the end of the day, it still doesn't take away from the fact that all my life, for the most part, I have seen in the media the messaging of, you know, smaller is better. And... Um, that like idea of people wanting to shrink themselves and people wanting to be smaller and it's just continued even into and out of my eating disorder as well my own desire that smaller is better and gaining weight is bad and I don't know it's just like I I've always felt this sensation of 
I don't know, just being so uncomfortable in my body and feeling like almost that like energetic pressure of like my shoulders like kind of like drooping and me just trying to like shrink myself and not draw attention for a multitude of reasons. One, I didn't want to draw attention during my eating disorder years because I didn't want people to look at what I was doing. I didn't want them to send me back to treatment or to think I still was struggling. And then with that, I also just felt so uncomfortable and unattractive and just hated my body and myself so much, I didn't want people to look at me either, which is just so ironic, right? Because we're trying to fit this ideal and be this type of body so that people will look at us, so that we'll be more attractive, so that we'll be more socially acceptable, quote unquote. And yet as we're going there and as we even reach that point, we just find ourselves like shrinking and shrinking more and more, not only physically, but energetically as well. And I've even felt that in my experience of gaining weight and in which I just haven't been able to embrace this like larger body that I'm growing into. And that being said, I know I still have thin privilege even in the body I live in. However, for me, it is larger than what I've ever been. And I still just feel such an urge so often to shrink myself physically and energetically. Like, I don't want to be bold and I don't want to draw attention to myself. And I, I, don't, I just want to be that wallflower. But what's important for me to understand and maybe for you to think about is that ultimately I don't want to be a wallflower. And this is the realization that really like shook me in that I love, I fucking love to be bold and to draw attention and for people to look at me. I, I was born to be this way. I was not born to be the wallflower that sits in the corner and doesn't draw attention. Like I might, I might tend to be more introverted at times, but like I fucking love to be bold. And the more and more I start to uncover and unlock that side of me, the more and more authentic I feel to being like the true me like the Emily that I am meant to be in this season of life. And I've found that to be the case the more and more that I explore these sides of me and the more uncomfortable growth I go through and the more I push myself in like subtle ways, not in like working out seven days a week type of pushing, but in like pushing myself to move across the country when I knew I needed change, pushing myself to really build myself a mini morning routine because I'd, I know that my anxiety thrives when I just like start the day working, but I don't want my anxiety to thrive. I want me to thrive. And so I'm pushing myself to do something that doesn't feel you know, like my usual by being slow and steady and mindful in the mornings. So I'm doing all this like personal growth and just uncovering more and more layers of myself. And in that, I'm feeling more and more moments in which I am bold and I want to be bold. And I found that through embracing makeup and the fact that I, I love to wear a striking blue eyeliner or a smoky amber high, you know, eyeliner and just to make my features very like outlined and dramatic and to draw attention. And I love when I can do something different with my hair, whether it's a style or just to get it super voluminous or puffy or poofy or frizzy, whatever it is, like just to feel like 
like a lioness. Like I have a mane of hair, you know? And other ways of just like the way I dress. I don't know, like more and more like pushing the edge in fashion for me, which might be like not pushing the edge at all for some people. But for someone that went from wearing like oversized shirts and leggings all the time and like jeans and a t-shirt, which nothing against that if that's you, I just, I knew I wanted more. I knew I craved that bit more of a like bold and dramatic look. And so since moving here, I've also embraced all these different fashion styles and thrifting and different colors and patterns and styles of clothing that I always told myself didn't work for my body or didn't work for me or that would look weird. And now I wear these sometimes crazy fun styles and outfits and the amount of attention and compliments and whatnot that I get from it, I'm just like, fuck to the hell yes. (laughs) Like, I love it. I even think of the way that I so deeply like wanted and then felt so happy with uh, almost like my body markings, my nose ring and my different piercings and my tattoos. Like it was never about, I don't know, there was just something that drew me to get my first tattoo, that drew me to get a nose ring and then feeling when I got them like, oh my God, yes, like this is me. And what's funny is that when I first got the nose ring, when I first got my first tattoo, I felt so self-conscious. I was like, oh my God, like people are going to look at me now. Fuck, like what did I do? And then like with time, I realized I was like, let them look. I love it. Like this is me. Like I, I am naturally, like I love to be bold. And I'm not saying you need these things to be bold. You could be bold wearing plain t-shirt and jeans purely by your personality. I just like to take it a step further and also put it into my physical appearance as well just because like I don't know maybe it's extremist in me who be knowing the Virgo in me um the Virgo Capricorn and Taurus in me who knows but yeah it was just like wild and I just actually got another tattoo the other day and I was just reminded of that feeling of like oh I fucking love it like it's just this other part of me that just like takes up space and it draws attention and it It causes like commotion when people, like in people's eyesight, you know what I mean? Like it just, it's something that grabs at you. And to me, it's just another way of owning my space and really like making myself comfortable with the fact of like, I'm, I'm a human and I deserve to take up space and I can be any size physically and I can look any way physically and I can do all these things. And what matters at the end of the day is like my personality and how I feel about myself. And so it's just such an interesting thing. I just, I don't know. I've really been going off rambling on this one, but it's just such a wild thing to live in, in which like, I don't know. I just think of all the times I felt so distant from myself and and so quiet and like I couldn't say what I wanted and I couldn't be who I wanted to be because others would judge or others would say something or others would disapprove. And the more and more I embrace these sides of me in these ways, you know, whether it's through physical appearance or my personality or how I show up in the world, the more I feel like I'm coming home to myself and the easier it is to see why I'm choosing to recover from an eating disorder And the easier it is to do these personal growth, you know, habits and things that are fucking hard at times, but I know will help me in the future. 
and the easier it becomes to show up for myself in all these little ways. And I don't know, it just makes me smile to think of the ways that I have learned to truly let myself like show up and be bold and own my space. Even in the way like I, I don't know, people have commented before about how much I swear. <laughs> and it, it's funny because I grew up and I, I, I literally never swore until I was in like, I don't know, for like high school, halfway through high school. I actually got really mad at my one friend in my friend group because she started swearing when we were like freshmen. It's like, oh my God, who does she think she is? Blah, blah, blah. Like there's no need for it. And then, I don't know, flip switch. And I was just like, fuck that. <laughs> and I, I just love it. I, I use, I don't know, swearing to me is just another form of expression. And if you know me in real life, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I use very flam, flamboyant vocabulary I make up my own words. I am very expressive. And how I speak through, whether that's through throwing in swear words, throwing in flamboyant words, making up words, the way I, you know, verbalize things, my hand motions, my, my, my different pitches of laughter, like everything I do is unique to me and how I'm showing up and representative of how I'm feeling and who I am. Like, it's just, I don't know, when you, I, I'm saying all this because I want you to think about your own life, your own experiences, your own things that make you you, and alongside that, the ways and the areas in which you don't feel that yet, and the, the ways and areas in which you still feel like you are holding something back, or society is pushing you to hold something back, or people in your life, or instances in your life are holding you back from being bold and owning your space and showing up 100% authentically as you. I want you to think about that. And I want you to reflect and ponder and think on that. Because I guarantee you, when you start to see these things in your life and you start to think about them and they enter your mental space, landscape, that's when change can happen. That's when you can little by little make change. Little by little see change happening. It's just, I don't, I don't know. You've got to have it in your mind though before you can start to see anything happen. And so that's what I just always hope y'all can take away from these episodes is that even if you don't resonate 100%, even if you zone out halfway through... <laughs> Even if you just like literally think I'm a crazy person, that's fine by me. If it gets you thinking, that's all I want. I just want you to think. I want you to reflect. I want you to ponder. And then if it does resonate, I want you to let me know. <laughs> like, let's connect on Instagram because I, I don't know. I don't have too many people in my personal life that I can have these types of conversations with yet. I'm hoping to have like a few friends on here more often in which we can kind of go back and forth because I know they'd love to have these types of conversations with me. And I think you all would really enjoy listening to us. Um, but that being said, I don't know. I know the same also goes for many of you. It's, it's hard to have these types of conversations unless people in your life are open to them. Otherwise it becomes sort of like, Oh yeah, cool. Hey, did you see about that thing with Kim Kardashian? You know, and it just like complete like conversation switch. So that's you if you need somebody to talk to about these things or anything truly um i'm here i'm on the gram 
you know, I'm in person as well, but unless you're in Austin, that's not going to happen. So <laughs> reach out uh, at Emily Feichels. I'll have it linked below, but I'm going to sign off. I'm going to drink some water, read some, go to sleep, wake up tomorrow morning, do it all again, <laughs> and just overall remind myself to be bold, to own my space, and to just be me. Oh, yes. Signing off. Talk to you all next time.